Hello and welcome to the One Stop Co-op Shop Podcast, your one stop for co-op news and reviews. This week, Jason Perez is here to entertain you with some more Shelf Stories. Hey gamers, this is Liz Davidson from Beyond Solitaire and I'm back for episode 62 of the podcast. This is the second half of a double episode with Jason Perez Shelf Stories. How are you doing, Jason? Yo, my peoples, what's up? Uh, this is our second try at this. The first try was really good. This one's going to be even better. <laughs> yeah, it's it, one, it's always good to have a second draft. And two, like, honestly, I have no problem zooming with you on any old weekend morning or weekday. It's just excuses. That, that's what your podcast is. It's excuses for it's like having, I think of a podcast like having a dog. You know, you, you take the dog to the to the supermarket and it's like, I have a podcast. Talk to me. And it's like, it's an excuse for it to talk to nice people. Oh yeah, this is this is definitely like my COVID cure for loneliness that has sure. just evolved into something else. <laughs> <laughs> so we are going to continue the conversation from our previous episode, sure. which was about historical tourism in games and kind of erasing historical realities in mm-hmm. the name of comfort and an enjoyable, palatable experience for people who just want to have a good time. You know, ah. stay out of my board games, <sighs> country fresh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But now we're going to get into the stinky stuff and under what circumstances you can and should have it in your Mm. board games. Would you say that's about right? Yeah, I mean, so you can emerge from a conversation like we had last time, episode 61 of Beyond Solitaire uh, on historical tourist games. It's like, okay, uh, you know, they're trying to ruin my fun. Right. And they're trying to, you know, I'm, I wanted, I just want to play Puerto Rico in peace. I just want to play Age of Colonization in peace. I just want to play uh, Endeavor to Sale and uh, Mark Hybo, all these games that we like kind of in the crosshairs. Uh, I just want to have, I just want to have fun. And like, I wanted to make another episode to kind of specify that I am not against fun people. And I, I like fun. And as a matter of fact, I really push it when it comes to like what I would, what I think a game could do. And we'll talk about that. And I call it healthy misbehavior. I'm going to speak about that as an educator. I'm going to speak about that as a psychotherapist. Uh, as a psychotherapist, ooh, I like when people have fun and they, 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 they sometimes need that unsafe space, that safe space to be unsafe and to be, you know, jerks yeah. and everything. And I'll specify all that and distinguish it from the whole, like, you know, cultural stuff. Because I think that those are two different things. So I wanted to have a conversation that's, that specified that distinction. Yeah, that makes sense. And, you know, even thinking about healthy, mis- you know, I'm a teacher. I um. I have to work with my students in those registers too. You know, there's things that are outright disrespect that I have to like discipline in the classroom, but there are also things where you build in, like even within a student teacher relationship, right? Like I play a game called Stolta with my students. Stolta means stupid in Latin. So I will deliberately misread something that we're all reading together. And if they catch my mistake, they yell Stolta at me and tell me (laughs) that I'm an idiot. <laughs> Which they of course love to do, right. partially because they're telling the truth, and then partially because <laughs> it's misbehavior. To, it's it's contained misbehavior. Yeah, it's contained misbehavior, and I think that this can go a really long way into sure. board games and still be one hundred percent healthy, absolutely and good. All right. Yes, but you have a sponsor. Oh, yes, I do. So I will mention my sponsor. It's always good to have an ad break. Uh, (laughs) So I am being sponsored this season on the Beyond Solitaire podcast by Central Michigan University's Center for Learning Through Games and Simulations. And it basically is an awesome new development at CMU. So if you are younger and you're looking for a place to go to school and you want to play games for 
credit, then I mean, I can't tell you not to go for that. Um, they have a games press. So they're going to be bringing some academic games to Kickstarter over the course of the next couple of years that I'm really excited about. And there are a few other surprise announcements that I can't talk about yet, but mm. let's just say that CMU is up to some good stuff this year. I'm a big fan of taking games more seriously than just games. So it sounds like CMU is doing just that. Yes, honestly, what they're doing is right up my alley. So I have no issue just plugging it. <laughs> yeah, very cool. But uh, back to gross stuff. So no, um, so you, <laughs> <laughs> so you also like to get aggressive sure. in games. So what do you have any experiences like that that you would maybe want to talk about as an exemplar in your own gaming life of what we're talking about? Okay, so so I'm talking about healthy misbehavior, right? And to be clear, like you could see my wall, I have a lot of cooperative games. I'm a, I'm a massive teddy bear, you know. I like and and also like kind of low interaction euros and just building stuff and being pastoral. And I, I to me, <laughs> I am a massive teddy bear, and I have to like really specify this stuff. There's like there's you know I don't want to distinguish you know good for me and therefore good for thee or like yeah. not good for thee. I don't want to make that distinction. So it's like okay, everybody has to play what I play. Uh, there's a lot of people out there that play things that I would never play ever, ever. And I, we're free. I think uh, Liz coming from a journalistic tradition mm -hmm. uh, and me, you know, coming at it from a humanist uh, tradition as a psychotherapist, like we want people to be able to misbehave all they want in games within like a circumscribed limit. And that limit is pretty broad for us. So when I talk about healthy misbehavior, um, let's talk about, this is beyond solitude. So we're going to talk about war games. What, what about war games? You know, it's like <laughs> <laughs> if I'm playing, if I'm have a problem with all these colonization games, well, then I always get that that uh, response. Well, what about war games? I want war. Is it bad play not to you? I'm blaming like brutality. I'm doing this, this, and this. And yeah, the and, voice. And you yes. always hear them just like that. Yeah, that's yeah. the voice. The voice that comes to me. <laughs> so then, a war game. As so, let's just take that as a very as a very starting example. A war game to me is is good war games not any old war game you have to be well crafted and you have to be uh you know historically accurate and what, whatever the a war game ethos is to me that represents a, a case of healthy misbehavior as a matter of fact i just learned this uh tanya Pobeda put up a blog talking about hg uh, wells yes. and that whole idea like so hg wells published a book i think this was in the 19 i don't know like early 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 20th century where he talks about war games as almost like a replacement for actual war, you know? So like people who who, who want to get that instinct out, who just love war. It's like, okay, don't make war with real people. Don't use real bodies. Don't use real resources. Like play this game and get that instinct out in the game, which is safe for people. So then, and that's, so that's why a lot of the earliest games are war games. Like, you know, I think Blitzkrieg was a, a war game from Germany in the, in the 19th century uh, with minis and all the kind of- Kriegspiel, Kriegspiel, thank yes, you. Yes, Kriegspiel. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and chess and checkers are all martial games. Yes, and the the instinct to play war in a game is old as heck. And as much as you can kind of focus on like, okay, well, you're you're representing brutality, and you're uh, you know you're trivializing what people go through on the field in the game space, right? I, I'm I'm not in the real world now. I'm in the game space. You know, I am kind of recreating. Uh, or like, you know, just like we call it sublimation, right? In, in psychotherapy, yeah. uh, we're sublimating these, ur these urges to fight, these urges to be violent. 
you know, and in a way, civilization is a project of sublimating urges. Like, okay, give them circus, give them lions in the, the Colosseum, give them today MMA and give them all these things and give them war games, give them conflict, you know, get, and, and, you know, and then we're, we're sophisticated in our not historical knowledge. We like to put ourselves not just like abstract combat, but like in the, in the field of battle, that's healthy behavior. Yeah. And I would, I would argue that it is because I have a, so while I was writing my dissertation, I was spending my off hours playing Skyrim. I've played a lot of Skyrim and I love it when like they go to the slow frame where you like do a really good kill. Uh, I've 100% like just murdered everyone. I got all the Daedric artifacts, which requires cannibalism, human sacrifice, and like other horrible betrayals in order to get them all. But this was in a game. I've actually felt still a little bit guilty about some of the stuff that I was doing because I'm actually a bit of a softball myself (laughs) but um i really i really enjoyed the experience of being a little bit bad like i love the thieves guild i love sneaking to people's houses and stealing stuff like would i ever do that in real life god no but it felt great to do it in skyrim (laughs) 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 and we love it we love do do your thing right (laughs) yeah and i think in a war scenario you know if you're playing as a general i mean i'm listening to an audiobook about napoleon right now and like there'll be battles where thousands upon thousands of people die but the excitement of strategically winning is clearly kind of winning out a lot of the time for those people who are like in high command i think that's how you feel when you're in that situation and I also think that it's definitely okay in a game to mm-hmm. be like, yes, I made a strategic sacrifice and I was victorious, ah, you know, because you're not actually hurting anyone. Right. And, you know, right. I, I feel completely comfortable with that personally. Right. And as a way to have fun. And there's, there's a bunch of layers to that, right? So like, okay, there's a consent that happens. So it's like, you know, and that, that we'll talk about consent more in just a second, but in terms of just like establishing that safe space to misbehave. Yep. Now, you know, everybody at the table who is participating is giving their consent to be like, you know what, I'm going to misbehave right now. Everything that I do is not something, it's not something I I want to happen in real life, but I have these urges and I I work hard and I did relieve stress and there's nothing relieve stress like, you know, beheading an orc or, you know, beheading a gnoll, whatever it is. (laughs) (laughs) I thought about it because like uh, the whole Frosthaven deal. Right. Remember, this was like a couple of months ago where Isaac put up the blog and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna to make Frosthaven safe for people. And I want, you know, I want I want Boyby to be a safe space. So much of that, re- taking out the cultural stuff for now, but like so much of that was like, I think a lot of people were like, well, wait a minute, I can't misbehave in my game anymore. You know, wait a minute. I want to like, I want to be a dirty mercenary because in Frosthaven, you're playing like these, it's very like kind of gritty mercenary, making terrible choices, killing, you know, Enoch's babies and, you know, like making the choice to be, you know, like, just go, go for money and be a, be a dirtbag. And I think a lot of people interpreted what Isaac was doing as like, okay, I can't do that anymore because other people be offended. And that's not what was happening. And I'll explain right. what's happening in a second, but, you know, you could still be a jerk. Isaac realizes that he that's where his that's where his bread is buttered in helping gamers feel like jerks, really smart gamers who turn a lot of gears. But like those gears are turning towards being the maximum jerk to kill as many people as possible. He wants that. And we want that, too. 
You know, we want, yeah. you know, uh, I want you to in Skyrim to, you know, uh, revel in your kill. <laughs> <laughs> and there's also, um, I should probably mention this at this point, because this is a very, we're two Americans. And so like, we, we focus on like very, very permissible, violent aspects. And then like, we're reapproved about sex and everything. I think both of us are in agreement because we had this conversation before that like within consent, you can also push sexual boundaries too. I think so. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, I mean, I don't mind a nude or two in a game. I don't mind like a sex scene. I don't mind whatever it is. It's just, you know, there's a bound, there's a, a permission boundary there. Yeah. But within that permissible boundary, if that is healthy misbehavior in a game, I remember like I played God of War, the video game, and you'd run into like a harem once every once in a while and there'd be naked women all over the place. You could do stuff with the naked women. Yeah. Or like, <laughs> um, you know, um, Dragon's Age. Right, you right. know, I you know I like all the little romance plots, especially oh, yeah, when yeah. you develop the romance enough to get to the yeah, sexy parts. The Bioware like, yeah. thing, mm -hmm. yeah, Mass Effect, <laughs> Mass Effect as well. You get you know, all the women, <laughs> or if you're a, a female shepherd, all the men, or all if the you're men. a female shepherd, all the women. You, yeah, you know it's very, and you can be paid if you really want to. That's all like within again. I, I'm saying that over and over again with a permission structure yeah. that can be healthy yes. misbehavior. You know, so and, I yeah, think yeah. so that one of the lines that we run into. So I think one of the I think one of the favorite examples to point to for where this is a problem is something like like Cards Against Humanity, where sure. everybody's in the, the circle, right? And it's like, I can be as horrible as I want. It's even called a party game for horrible people. Um, I will say it's out of vogue to say this now, right? I have played Card Against, Cards Against Humanity and had a great time. I did it with people I trusted. Also, as a group, we did remove cards that we just didn't think were funny. Right. Sure. So, I mean, it's one of those things, right, where, you know, it's it's about consent and that consent definitely sends to you. I think the reason that people get upset when we talk about these issues is they're remembering times where they felt like they were agreeing to one thing, but then once they had entered that gaming circle, it turned into something else, mm -hmm. something that was unexpected and something that got ugly. And I mm -hmm. think that learning how to maintain that space correctly is mm -hmm. key to having a good time. And I actually do think that that segues into what you're going to be talking about because it's okay to be horrible, but it's not okay to be horrible in a way that feels so personal that it's not going to stay in the circle. Mm -hmm. And so, it's also mm -hmm. possibly horrible in a way that says something about how you view the world that is objectively freaking uncomfortable. Right. Um, I, I actually do want to, I'm going to put a pin on that. I definitely want to get back to that because there's a level of horribleness that the people bring up all the time. And I think we need to kind of talk about that. And that's Nazis. Right. I mean, that that is one of the, the, the big thing. Well, whenever talk, someone talks about what about war games, it's usually goes to what about Nazis? So with Nazis, when someone brings up a Nazi, it's code for uh, this is the worst misbehavior ever. Like we've kind of decided that in our culture that like, OK, there's nothing worse than a Nazi. Uh, right. And then so is it OK to play a Nazi in a game? You know, I'm, I, I'm playing, you know, Puerto Rico, Maracaibo, all these cultural things, or I'm playing like Cards Against Humanity and I'm kind of like crossing boundaries and stuff. So then why is that all OK? But then like uh, or, or like what about? What about Nazis, basically? Right. And right. I think even that falls in the circle. Like, you know, even that falls in the circle. Like, okay, if you're playing, you know, uh, Axis and Allies, or you're playing, you know, some war game or some like like zoomed in war game, you're playing like, you know, a, a battle uh, between, you know, a, a Nazi forces and you know, Allied forces. Then, you know, does that if you're playing a Nazi, does that like mean I justify the Holocaust? Does that mean I think that the Holocaust is okay? You know. <sighs> you're playing you're you're playing that particular like you're immersed in that particular battle yeah 
right? Not every, that battle happened. Yeah. You know, and so not every, like if you're playing that, that's not like permission to say the Holocaust was okay or, or whatever it is. It's, it's just like, okay, this happened. And, you know, it is part of the historical drama, right? And it's, it's very important that we know the historical drama. We have been asked as a culture by many, many Jews to never forget. Yes. So like we like it or not, you know, this is, we need our cultural media, books, TV, whatever, to faithfully and historically represent what's hap- what happened so that we don't, that we don't forget, we don't do it again. And so in the gaming space, you know, maybe, you know, because it's different because we're doing the thing. So it's like, okay, yeah. there's a, there's another level of it, but still to me, it's like, that's, that's more learning that can go in there. Obviously you want that consent. Obviously, you don't want this just broadcast to the masses, like, you know, uncritically. If someone's uncomfortable with it, let them check out. Mm-hmm. You know, don't advertise it. There's many games that I don't include on my shelf because I like them, but or I, I get something out of them. But like, I don't, I know that other people don't. So it's like, you have to be super careful with a hand with gloves, but it's okay. Yes. Yeah. Play a Nazi in a game for that. It, it's, it's almost like the ultimate, <laughs> ultimate healthy misbehavior. Right. Because it does that, do stuff. I also think that it's okay. So it's okay not to want you to. So like David Thompson does not like to play Nazis and will make other right. people play test the other side of Undaunted, for example. And yeah. I also think that that's okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you are being historically accurate, you're reenacting history, you're mm-hmm. using this as a historical experience and you are comfortable with it. I don't really see, and the other person you're playing with is comfortable with it, which hopefully right. that's obvious because they entered the game with you but <laughs> make sure be share be, be, be very be explicit be very clear i think it's okay to play it and i also think it's okay to enjoy because like it typically you know this is not like train right where you realize what the train is for and that's right. going to a concentration camp this is a battle that you're playing out and you're trying to be strategic and see who won and so if you think that that is still too gross for you that's okay but i also think that there are i i, I think that that is ethically on the good side of the line, you're fine. Um, I do get a little bit freaked out if people are a little too into it, if that makes sense. Like what feelings are you having while you play this? Like, are you basically having an onanistic experience while this other person's at the table because you're so excited to play a Nazi, then I'm gonna worry about you. Go ahead and look (laughs) up onanistic people. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of misbehavior. You know, if you're just right. having fun because you're in the game and you're like doing war together, that's, right. I mean, I don't really see the problem with that. Yeah. I mean, so speaking of that, like getting a little bit too into it. So like, if we can't tolerate playing a Nazi in a game, then the only people who will play Nazis in games are the people that are too into it. You know, yeah. like they're the, they're the Nazis. Like, you know, the only people who will play Nazi games is Nazis if we are, if we shirk from that. Yeah. Right. And we don't, I, I don't, I'm not comfortable with that. Like, I mean, we need to find ways to have, you know, we use this word play, but not, you know, not all play has to be fun. Not all play has to be frivolous. You know, I'm not talking about frivolous play. I'm talking about like, just, you know, entering into spaces and using your imagination and reacting stuff that, that play on a higher level. Like, I think there's room for that. That's healthy. All that is healthy. So what is unhealthy though? Because we, we, you know, even in this conversation, right, there's like little places at the edge where I certainly start to feel uncomfortable. I'm sure that you have your own little edges too. And part of it's personal comfort. But I also think that that discomfort is also a response to something that's a little bit real. Right. Okay. So, so 
we're talking a lot about consent, right? And and this is going to be always the frame for this conversation. So I, I I'm I'm I really apologize for you, you were pushing me beyond where I needed to go. You know, I didn't have your consent list, <laughs> but you have my. I, I'm going to consent now. So um, go ahead and recreate that Cards Against Humanity example, and we can kind of go from there. Yeah. Well, okay. It's been a really long time since I played Cards Against Humanity. Um, I well, mean, the one you I, said, the one the one you said in terms of like, okay, this this scenario where it goes too far. Well, what, what was that again? Well, I was, I mean, those are more theoretical for me because we took all the cards out. But like, if somebody was like playing a Trail of Tears card and laughing at it, I would mm. personally feel gross about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I also don't like, you know, ooh, a big black <laughs> Like, I don't think that that's funny. Mm. Fiery poops is funny. But, okay, but, you know, like when somebody's like, I'm just going to play, you know, a large penis that belongs to somebody from a race that's not even my race. Ugh, mm-hmm. And like, I'm going to throw that down and have a big laugh about it. Like, why is that funny? Right. Okay. So thank you very much for clarifying because it, it goes right into what I'm talking about. So then what we're talking about in terms of all these healthy little misbehaviors are like, you know, we created individual instances, like yeah. one gladiator match, one, you know, uh, raid of an orc village or raid of a human village or whatever it is. Uh, and, you know, I'm not going to defend that and say oh, that's beautiful behavior, but like it's at least healthy misbehavior. It crosses a line for me. And I, it's what I'm sound, what I'm hearing is across the line for Liz too. When it crosses from like just individual bits of mis- misbehavior to levels of cultural oppression. Yeah. So there is a level of culture, which I'm a culture guy. So then I can talk all your talk head off. I'm about to, uh, where cultural misbehaviors are unhealthy. I, I, uh, I talk about it in terms of, you know, a year of good trouble. I've been synthesizing it and trying to kind of come up with pithier, shorter ways of expressing what I'm talking about. And I think I've boiled it down to one acronym case. C-A-S-E. And if you want to do it, go ahead. Uh, uh, Liz, put up the letters on the on the Zoom or whatever it I'll is. Do in, it. In, the, in the edit. Today's letters of the day, kids, are C-A-S-E. <laughs> <laughs> so cultural appropriation, stereotyping, and erasure. So then when you talk about the, the big black, that's a stereotype. That, that why is that bad to talk about? Not only because of the individual thing, but it is right. a stereotype. And that right. stereotype can be linked directly to cultural ideas that have produced harm. What are, you know, so many of the, you know, the Tulsa massacre and, you know, the, the, so many things that have like, you know, outbursts against black folk. So many of them have responded, uh, started with a white woman claim that they were attacked by a black man. And yep. so when we're talking about big black, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say the D word because I don't want to do too many bleeps, uh, <laughs> a, a big black penis. Then oh, we're, 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 we're bleeping this. <laughs> I might have to beep it on the one stop co-op shop. Uh, yeah, you might. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shelf stories, no way. Uh, so then if we're talking about big black penises, we're talking, we're, we're touching that yep. stereotype that has had real world harm. So culture stuff, yeah. Right. And in a way, we have to kind of assume that games are cultural products. Like if you assume games are just games, you're not going to attract this conversation at all. Yeah. Uh, but if you assume games are cultural product that just kind of like replicate stuff that happens in the culture. Well, cultural oppression is a thing. Appropriation, yeah. stereotyping and erasure are all things that have that were true then 400 years ago, 600 years, however long they're true today. And yeah. we live with it as marginalized you know people from marginalized community you're a woman i'm a I'm puerto rican and you know all the people that we live with you live with that oppression every day 
Yes, we were, we're reminded. Liz Davidson, whole episode on misogyny. Yes. Talking about the what she struggles with. So it's like when those stereotypes just, hey, are, are there in the game. So like, you know, a histrionic fit, you know, as a card against humanity thing. Yeah. You know, and it's like, uh, you you know, we can talk about like, OK, you were having a bad day. But when when it comes to like, you know, a stereotyped woman thing, you know, yeah. this is why this is why women can't be president. This is why women are X, Y, Z, uh, you know, <laughs> it, that's that stuff. That's the stuff yeah. that cuts I because agree. there's no ba- because we live with this stuff. Every day. There's no boundary between like or when there's no boundary between the real life and the game. When right. that cultural stuff intrudes in our game, cultural appropriation, um, stereotyping, and erasure, when that stuff yes. comes into our gaming life, problem. I agree. Problem, right? And you know what's and you know what's really funny is you know words like histrionic. I used to just use those and not think about it or like hysterics because I didn't know the etymological meaning of that. Right. But actually, men don't get histrionic. No. But we're not coded as get it. We get histrionic, but we're not coded as that. Yeah. A hystera, for those of you who want to learn some Greek today, is a womb. So if you have weird ideas about uteruses, that's what the that's what those words indicate. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, but, so, um, so there is a difference, people. And I'm talking directly to a certain kind of person. Do what about war games, people? There yeah. is a difference between like just these bits of misbehavior and oppression. Yes. Oppression is like, you know, so we talk about like war being brutality, you're celebrating brutality in the game. Like oppression is brutality that is systemic and yes. is applied to a certain number, a certain group of people throughout a very, very long historical time period. Women, you know, we talk about, you know, women being oppressed, we talk about POC being oppressed. You know, oppression is not just a bad day. Oppression is not just inconvenience. Oppression is not one-time thing. Oppression happens over and over and over and over. And it's, it's applied physically, it's applied emotionally, it's applied psychologically, and it's applied culturally. Culturally is where the gaming piece ends in. And so that game experience, when it has not just like the, mis- the, the brutality or the misbehavior, when it has the oppression, then all it's right. doing is reinstantiating oppression that we live with. I don't want that. I do not consent to that. No, right. thank you. Like, well, when you say, I just want to have a good time, keep your politics out of my games, I would say that that's actually where that's a statement that's legitimate, if that makes sense. Like, keep... Right. So, like, you know, yeah, <laughs> like you see the people, no politics, no politics. Well, guess what? When I call out a, an episode of Case, cultural appropriation, stereotyping, and erasure, you know, when I call that out, I'm saying no politics in the game. Yeah. <laughs> I because you know I'm, I'm saying no political oppression in the game like do something else that i don't have to experience keys in in my gaming experience and you you know if a person is there and they're not experiencing it then yeah. it's not like oh well you know uh, this is the way i am therefore whatever yeah. or taking it as an attack it's like okay well you're ruining my fun yeah well my fun like- is already ruined people yeah, well, it's sort of like that com- that conversation that families have, right? Where like somebody is the aggressive one in the family, and the other one is asked to keep the peace. Like the peace is already broken, right? Because the other person was behaving bad, <laughs> or right. like I don't know. It makes me think of um. So this is an off-topic thing, but I always think about it. Uh, there's a great Martin Luther insult generator online where mm. he can insult you. But uh, my favorite, <laughs> he was a, he was kind of very scrabbly, a very uh, 
Like he had a lot of ulcers and he was just a very crabby guy. No, I, I well, he's a, actually, I mean, I, I feel like he was probably really fun to have a beer with, but he was really mean. Uh, so he's one mean. of my favorite insults of his is um, you were like a mouse dropping in the pepper. <laughs> and I sort of feel like having a case incident in your game life is like having a mouse dropping in the pepper. You're having a spicy good time. You're ready to eat this food with your friends. Oh, there's poop in it. Yeah. <laughs> And okay, you like the and for whatever reason that you know uh, people who are in the hobby are get, have cultured it's the tasty turd, and they're like, oh, this is this is some spicy turd, mm. and you know, so like perfect example. I love that you brought up the card against humanity like card trail of tears, right? Yeah, it's a it's it's total case like it's it's the like maximized version of case, but like you know it's it's appropriation like they literally stole the land. Right. You know, it's an appropriation being stealing. Right. So it's like you can steal cultural ideas. But in that particular case, they stole the land, Uh, you know, so stereotyping, you know, they had to, you know, in order to make it palatable, they had to, you know, the merciless Indian savage, like they don't they don't deserve the land. Right. You know, they're they're just savages, not going to do anything with it. They don't you know, uh, they're they're there and they're like this lower form of life. They're not even Christian, don't even worship God. They don't worship property. So like, you know, all the stereotypes. Right. Were used to justify that thing. And then a literal erasure. Right. (laughs) Literal removal. Right. And then what we we call genocide. So like, you know, when so that's a case of something really, really crappy that happened in the world. So like, why am I like, you know, and, and, and the oppression is that it's still ongoing. Like you ask any, you know, First Nations person or Native American person, however they self-identify, like yeah. they're still there. Like, and I work with them and I've actually, this is one of the things I'm working more and more with. They're still there and they're still dealing with the effects of this stuff today. So it's like, well, you know, the war, war is pretty bad. You know, what, if, like, why am I celebrating war? It's like, okay, war at the very least, war is between two agents. Yes. Both sides very, are fighting for it to be a war. Right. You know, and it's like, okay, if I if I play a game, then I can imagine different scenarios. Like, okay, maybe this person wins, maybe this, like there's at least fight back. Right. Yeah. If I if a card against humanity card is being played, th- then the, the the people can't fight back and I can't fight back as a gamer. You know, the yeah. only thing I could do is just is check out if that's the if that's the thing that's gonna be there. Like yeah. I don't have agency when that card is played and the owner is like, well, what do you have a problem with the card? No agency. So like there's agency on two levels. There's one of those agency being permission in the game. And then the actors within the game, do they have agency to fight back with a with aggression? Yeah. You know, and in a Euro game, a lot of times the workers don't fight back. No, they don't. They're just expect they're very pliant, those those fine little Euro workers. They come on down and they they work the fields and they they're so happy here's my corn. You know, I don't have to get paid and off. There's no upkeep or anything like that. Uh and that that to me is a erasure yeah and these erasures happen in real life all the time and i don't want that in my game so then yeah. you know like if you know even like a euro game could do so much to be like you know what uh i'll have to pay the workers if i don't pay the workers they leave yeah that's like that would be enough. Like, even yeah. if you're putting me in a, like a terrible situation of like thinking about it and whatever it is at the very least if you give the worker that little bit of agency, if you don't erase it, if you actually present that basic aspect of being a worker, they have a little bit of agency in like the, what they can do on the board, right. then I'm on the road to being okay with it. That actually has me thinking, okay, what heroes do you have that? I mean, I guess in Agricola, if you don't feed your family, you starve and all the family is the <laughs> workers. Yeah, yeah, I mean, something <laughs> like that. And that's annoying, you, yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking about like, I've been, 
I've been prepping Rococo, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, at least in that you have to pay up for a new employee. Mm -hmm. So you don't pay them every round, but they are a cost. Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to think of like, I don't, I can't think of very many. I mean, Agricola is really unique to me in a way, in the sense that you have to be able to actually feed people at the end of each turn and you have to budget the, for that they, they, and i'm sure there are more i mean the complaint of the rickle is that that's annoying and that's it's not fun you know and, and oh my god i have to i have to do the workers it's so funny because we in the last episode we talked about boss fantasies so yeah. then like what's the ultimate boss fantasy is like i don't have to pay my workers you know they have yeah they, they just don't show up and they're good and they don't they don't have trouble. agency they I, I erase all their humanity and i just like get the value creation from them yeah they don't right? have any that's, cigarette breaks they don't go to the bathroom Right. <laughs> no pooping on company time. Right. Right. They, they, and, they, and I pay them nothing and they, and they, and they, yeah. they're fine. And so it's like, you know, in gaming, we've educated ourselves. I know we're kind of like down a, a little bit of a, a road here, but I, yeah. workers, man, I, I'm, that's, I'm a big worker guy. Uh, so then in these year games, we've educated ourselves to replicate this kind of form of economic oppression. Of not paying workers, we we even get to the point of because I I brought this up in forums. I'll get people defending. It's like okay, if you pay the workers, it's too complicated, you know. Or uh, if you pay the workers, or the, the agricola thing happens where it's like okay, what what's left over for me, <laughs> you know? It's like a scrabble for resources, and it's like really that's the construction that we've made in our game. That's how much we are like our the gaming culture is lined up against a certain type of oppressed people, which is workers. Yeah. It's not only cultural, but I'm also a also a worker person too. Yeah, you know. So there's there's a, there's plenty of of stereotyping and erasure that happens in that particular case, particularly erasure in that particular uh, case. So yeah, but yeah, I think the thing that I think you're right. The thing that makes brutality in war more interesting is that yeah, you can fire on me and on my soldiers, but I also get to retaliate next turn. Oh, and need. it's oh, about the two sidedness that even if something's unfair, like, you know, look at a uh, David Thompson's value defense series. It's entirely about unfair fights. We, we kind of like those actually. It's not about equality of the sides in terms of resources or, you know, tools to fight with. It's about letting somebody try to use their cleverness and the resources they do have to get somewhere. It's about mm -hmm. giving them agency. Right. And of course it's a game. So everybody has to have a chance of winning. Right. And games have to simplify. Games have to gloss and games have to, you know, so you're going to erase a lot. And so there's always yeah. going to be, you know, like, oh, why did you put this in? Why didn't you put that in? You know, so, um, uh, Tristan Hall put up uh, Call of Killforth recently, uh, the, the third Killforth game. And there was a, a thread that said, OK, where are the everybody's white here? Why are the, the black people? Where are the, the where are the brownskin people? All this kind of stuff. And I'm actually I'm actually OK with that. Because Tristan isn't telling a big multi, he's not pretending to tell big multi-college stories, telling a, a classic Lord of the Rings fantasy, do your thing. <laughs> you know, white people fantasy, it's fine. I, I'm actually fine with that. Where I'm not fine in terms of the case is when the erasure happens to people that to people that should be there. And that's where yeah. historical games come in. Like, you know, and, you know, and, and struggle, you know, like the struggle should be there because the struggle is almost always there. No one likes to be yeah. oppressed. No one likes to, you know, whatever. And even if they lose a fight and they become enslaved after the fact, the story's not over. It's not like, okay, oh, you won. Now I can enslave me for a hundred years. Yeah. That's There's not always, it's not how it works. There's always rebellion. There's always struggle. There's always resistance, you know, whether it's yeah. running away or whatever it is. And that's the erasure I'm talking about. 
that's really the erasure I'm talking about because that and happens like that cuts across culture and labor and whatever it is. You know, when when I have a game that erases struggle in particular, oh man, that that and it's a historical game, it's evoking a historical time period, or it's you know, like a fantasy, like you know, because it there's a big thing about like orcs, right? So orcs are kind of you know, they're racially whatever, racially yeah. aggressive, racially this, racially that. Well, that when you talk about something that is racially something, now we're talking stereotype. Now we're bringing the S of the case. Uh, yeah. And now that's where, so it's like, oh, why can't I just hack orcs part in D&D? Because orcs are these race of people that are inherently biologically aggressive. That's yeah. a stereotype that is from real world of certain, especially right. black race. Yes. Well, I guess my question about that is, why do you prefer to hack orcs instead of other humans? Right. Why or, is that a preference that you have? Can I hack some orcs and then I'm friends with these other orcs? Right. So right. I don't mind hacking orcs. I'm Where are the fine. orc wizards and scientists? And right. Where is the smartest orc that ever orced? You know, where is the orc that is like 20 intelligence and can rival Elminster and Gandalf and all these other people? I'll take that. Well, that yeah. doesn't sound right. Whatever it is. Like, well, why now does it sound right? to go back to the thing like i don't you know so this is where the isaac thing came in yeah. so it's like you know people thought okay i'm taking away the hack and slash no i'm not taking away the hack and slash yeah. i'm just taking away the hack and slash based on racial categories like yeah. immutable biological racial categories hack and slash all you want mm-hmm. hack, hack it you know if, if, the, if this enox culture is like you know rotted to the core then go go have at it but right. they're rotted to the core because of their culture not because of their skin Yes. Actually, you know, back to Skyrim, since that's like my most played, like so many hours, you know, I used to get frustrated when making new characters because there are certain race-based bonuses and also deficits, depending on what you choose. So you really can't just choose to be anybody with any sort of profession if you want to play an optimal game. Right. And I always found that limiting. And it's also just a bunch of BS, like put in our, in our current cultural right. context in our lives. It's like, wait, why are we still even doing that? Even with fantasy. Anybody? And yet with the human, you could be anything you want. Yeah. And Humans the basic human the neutral. Is, and the basic human is always a white guy. Yeah. Well, that's true. That's just as true in our culture still. Like if you right. think, oh, like what is a human? Uh, most images will just be a white guy. There's two mm-hmm. genders, male and political. two skin colors white and political yeah (laughs) yeah and i you know i think that um instead of just getting mad right when you think about these things because i like to play skyrim i'm not gonna stop you know booting up a new game every couple years because i just got nostalgic and i wanted to buy a new house and rift it or something you know (laughs) i um you know i uh I think that when these questions come up, I think the other res- the, the other issue we always have, right, is one of response of like, oh, you're killing the fun. Oh, you're just a killjoy. You're, you're, why would anybody, you must be so fun at parties. Uh, yes, I am actually, but I'm- <laughs> I just want to be myself and I just want to do whatever and I work hard and I want, yeah. Right. But like, shouldn't you be asking yourself questions about why you're so attached to those specific things? I mean, you can be yourself and wreck enemies without also having to racially stereotype. You can be yourself right. and wreck enemies without needing to colonize anything. So and, and erase the struggle of the colonized people. Uh, to be clear, I don't have a problem with colonization. It's right. happened. It happened. And my problem is the in these colonization games, the tendency has been to make the worker to erase the worker agency. Yeah. 
That's been the ten. That's that's the and like and as, as we said in the last video, lie about it. Right. So like you know, colonist and servant and all kind of like you're erasing yeah. the struggle and you're erasing the uh, humanity of these things. So like when we talk about case, the erasure part is really important. The, all three are important. The A, the A, the S, and the E are all important. I will release another video, kind of go in detail, but like I hope that gives people a acronym to help understand. Okay, th when we have a problem, the problem is not in the individual actions. Healthy misbehavior is a good thing. It's yeah. these the appropriation, stereotyping, and erasure. When when something you're doing is playing on those three things that are tools of cultural oppression that happen all the time in real life yeah then that's where we have the problem yes sure. yeah i don't know if i'm gonna leave this in the episode but i do want to draw one line about that which is that okay um i have been working on my openness to games with art i don't necessarily like just mm -hmm. in the name of, of trying to access good gameplay so i ordered madara because kevin erskine had so many good things to say about it. I'm not right. delighted with like the sexy anime art. It's really not my thing, Brutal. but I'm, but I'm going to give it a try because mm -hmm. I, uh, I, I want to experience the game. Um, mm -hmm. That said, we know we talk about healthy misbehavior. There are some things that are just never going to be healthy. And so there's the cultural aspect of that. You know, I think that, you know, genocide is fun. No, it's not. That's never fun. Okay. <laughs> uh, but also I will never be okay with things like sexual assault in games. I'm okay with right. the sex scene in games. I'm okay with sexiness in games, mm -hmm. but there are some things that I just will not ever be cool with. Mm -hmm. And that's one of them. So, you know, we talk about healthy misbehavior. Um, are there, what are the limits in your opinion? Okay, we can keep this like, in if you want. Yeah, like where do we go? Where, yeah. you know, is there is there such a thing as a misbehavior that's just truly unhealthy? I would say yes. Sure. But, yeah. um, yeah, I mean, how do you delineate that? You know what I mean? Well, okay. Well, what's the point, though? I mean, we're talking about criticizing something or canceling something. You know, so like when when we talk about like, okay, what is allowable, what's not? That that conflation gets there, or just dr drummed in all the time. It's like if I disapprove of something, then I want to cancel it, yeah. and it's not the case. So it's like I I want I want the freedom. So like Madar is a good example. Madar has just a very sexualized characters, especially yeah. the women. Uh, it's classic TNA poses and, you know, scantily clad, the, uh, plays into the whole trope. It's a JRPG because JRPGs kind of play into those tropes. Uh, so then I, I want to be able to criticize it. I want to be able to say, okay, look what you, you know, can we go a different direction, blah, 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 without yeah. saying, okay, this game is bad and, does, and shouldn't exist and all this kind of thing. Like right. make Madara. The problem is that we live in a gaming culture right now that like regards that as normal. Right. It regards that as the way to, if I'm gonna launch a Kickstarter, it's gonna be successful that I need to put the, you know, the, the, the titties, you know, especially <laughs> when it comes to women, like the fantasy women in games, like I need, I need that to draw in. And so like what we're trying to, like my project anyway, yeah. is I don't wanna like, you know, cancel those games, but I do wanna criticize those games and I want to clear space for other, dungeon crawl designers to make something make an alternative and to yes. really hype that up and be like you know what you know that's over there and that and they're and they're doing their thing i don't approve of that and i don't i think that has bad effects but you know whatever let's let's try to clear space so that this other game with you know clothed women or with you know equitable nudity right or whatever it is like you know the, the, the funny pictures of like you know the men making the tna poses 
And, <laughs> you know, like maybe, you know, make room for, for that game too. Right now you have, you know, that the hobby looks the way it is. It's very dominated by, you know, just like white guys who like to have a lot of fun. And there's a, this immediate shutdown of like, no, I don't like that. Da, 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 da. I was like, well, I mean, there should be room for all this stuff that like we should make yeah. gaming open to all sorts of human experiences. And the, and to me, the best one will win out. That's like the call, the whole point of free speech. You know, you have the right That's to true. be wrong. And then we figure it out until something we come up with something that everybody can kind of go along with. So when it comes to Madara, I want to I'll criticize the heck out of it. I don't want to cancel it. My my solution to that is more games that undo that question that approach things differently than Madara does. Yeah, I mean, I'm about to play it. I'm hoping I'll enjoy it very much. I just know already that I'm not going to have a great aesthetic experience. (laughs) I'd probably look at an ugly paper map, to be honest. And and it's a perfect example case. That's the total stereotyping of women. Yeah, sexualized stereotype of women all over the place, and that plays into the oppression of women. Women as sex object, women as like you know, kind of willing to do whatever. And if people have a hard time grokking that, well, how do you relate Midara? I'm the voice again. Uh, <laughs> how do you relate, you know, schoolgirls to sexual assault in the workplace? You're putting that in there. It's like, well, it all comes from the same cultural tree. Yeah, it all comes from the same stereotype that women exist to be looked at by men. Yeah. No, that's true. But I like what you had to say too about um, kind of just allowing, I think that what we're asking for too, when we talk about inclusion in the hobby and we talk about, you know, wanting more voices in the hobby is that, you know, I think you're right. Like the view that is the best will ultimately win out. It's okay to have a whole bunch of viewpoints, but things that are the most widely appealing will do well. I mean, we live in a capitalist society, right? Uh, but in some ways trying to um, to fight that to complain about it, to not hear the criticism. It's almost like trying to artificially cap the market. Mm-hmm. Like we're the market too. And right. you know, if you want a bunch of free can, trade of game yeah. ideas, you gotta let it in. I can't stand that, that people think that free market means just let like no voices, mm-hmm. you know, the m- money is speech and it's complete right. garbage. Like no speech is speech. Speech is still speech. And if I can, with, you know, my words and your words and everything, we put these, this content out and we can sway some minds to be like, you know what? Okay, um, Madara or whatever other game that engages in some kind of stereotyping or some kind of erasure or appropriation or whatever. Like, you know, if we speak out against these games that enough people will be like, you know what? We don't need that. I can have fun other ways. Yeah. You know, like the, Madara will not be any less cool if it has badass women. You know, like right. that might even be a cooler version of the game. And I want to be able to make that persuasive case. I don't want to have to like re- result to that kind of um, the cancellation route. You know, I want to be able to persuade people like, hey, look, let's try this. You will have the same good time and you won't be replicating a stereotype that in yeah. other areas causes real world harm. That and like, even if, you know, things with the sexy art that's not really my thing, so continue to exist. What I really want is options where I don't have to deal with it as the price of entry. That too. If that's the price that you, if that's something that you want in your games, like in your home, I mean, okay, this is your business. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> You're king, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I want that gameplay without having to pay the price of needing eye bleach afterwards. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's an ongoing process, but I do think that trying to think through it is the best way forward, Sure. which is of course why we're on here talking about case. That's right. So there we go. Healthy misbehavior 
is the individual little bad things that we do. We didn't even mention true crime. We didn't even mention like playing Jack the Ripper and, man, and playing all this. Like, fine. <laughs> I will not play Jack the Ripper. And I think that's, but you know, I, yeah. millions of people do true crime, whatever it is. Right. Yeah, I love true crime. Like, I'm a typical white lady. I like to go to Starbucks on the way to work and I listen to my little <laughs> true crime podcast about <laughs> murders and, <laughs> and you know, like uh, all those TikToks about, you know, what your, what your wife's really home doing on a Friday night. Her arms were cut off. Her legs were cut off. I'm like, <laughs> listening. <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable (laughs) (laughs) but do i really want it no is it part of my healthy recreation i would say yes and you know human mind is weird it's fine we have the (laughs) urges and whatever do it in the safe space when it comes to oppression oppression knows no boundaries oppression is systemic oppression is culture-wide it invades all our cultural space and invades our games too and it is it's the same brutalities happen to the same people over and over again and being reminded of those things in our games that cro- that's where our, the line is crossed and that's that's a weird thing for people to think about who just think of oppression who don't even think of oppression because they don't experience oppression yeah so, you know they did they just think of it as like a, a, ba- a bucket of bad and it's like why are you picking this one and not that one it's like well there's a whole bucket of things that are that are whatever but there's this particular aspect which i'm calling case which i'm hopeful yeah. that people remember the acronym that you know that's where we're crossing the line it's like it's representing real world stuff that happens to us and i don't want that yeah you know so are you going to start a new video series called case studies case files <laughs> case files <laughs> Case files. yes i wish I, i'm going to go back to all the good trouble be like okay case files jamaica case files trudvang legends case files. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a board game true crime podcast to me <laughs> and i think that's a good note to end it so we can just continue giggling off air but uh absolutely <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, Jason can be found at Shelf Stories. Um, you're still doing the podcast in the one-stop co-op shop. Yep. You still do Dice Tower. Jason's everywhere. Go find him. <laughs> and uh, thank you so much. This was real, as always, it's an amazing time. Yeah, always. And find me beyond solitaire. Leave a comment. Hopefully, leave a like, subscribe, and most of all, happy gaming. Later, everybody. Thanks for joining us again for the One Stop Co-op Shop podcast. Check out our YouTube channel at One Stop Co-op Shop. Also, join us for games and discussion on our Discord channel. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash one stop. Or leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks again and we'll see you next week for another Top 5 list.